What I hear, I forget. What I see, I remember. What I do, I understand. So we can, that's the classic principles of experiential. And, and it applies to, to what adventure is about because I mean, I like to lecture. I do, I, you know, and uh, I, I enjoy doing that. But I know that that only goes so far. And you can talk about your family roles, shall I say, the fact that you're a scapegoat or you're, or you're angry or defiant or you're lost or whatever. But then we put them in a situation where they're doing team building, problem solving, trust-based exercises, and those tendencies emerge into the process. In this episode, we're exploring the question, how is adventure therapy an effective tool for treating trauma? We get to sit down with therapists Bobby and Marie, and together they talk through a really innovative and fun modality, adventure therapy. They share about their years of experience and their passion for helping patients get outside the therapy room and into their bodies with this unique way to treat trauma. Christopher, what did you think of this one? Well, I got to say, between the two of them, just decades of experience... So it was almost, I just really appreciate listening to their wisdom mm-hmm. that's based off of their experience. And um, adventure too, I mean, just moving the body, um, trying new things. There's just, there's so much value in that. And a lot of people need that type of experience for to learn about themselves. Um, so... I'm personally a big fan of that, but mm-hmm. honestly, just hearing the wisdom of the two of them was really impactful. Yeah, I what I took away from just hearing the two of them talk together is just how rich of an experience they have, but also how they have seen the mental health field through a lot of different iterations um, and how this one modality is something that they've returned to time and time again as a timeless way to help people understand themselves, understand how they interact in relationships, and understand their stories um, and kind of some of the narratives that they might carry, so... Stick with us as we explore this question. Welcome to the Treating Trauma Podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie Vogt. And I'm your host, Christopher O'Reilly. Join us for a limited series of conversations with trauma experts and world-class clinicians for Milestones, a -a one-of-a-kind, holistic, and specialized residential trauma treatment experience. Together, we'll explore how unresolved trauma from our past can disrupt and block us from being the person we want to be. Welcome, Marie and Bobby. I'm so glad to have both of you here. Uh, We have got to sit down with a lot of um, the therapists from Milestones and Adjuncts, and I have been anxiously awaiting to get to sit down with the two of you. So, thank you. Um... I want to know a little bit more about you and kind of how you got into residential trauma work. Um, I know that it is probably a winding story, but what did that look like for you? And what about um, residential trauma really is your sweet spot? Because you both have been in it a long time. Hmm. Who wants to go first? I can go. Yeah. I'll just take over. Go. Um, for me, Milestones is my first okay. residential and so I was an adventure adjunct for the workshops. And Jocelyn, who was our cl- clinical director at the time, called to ask me to be the adventure therapist. And so as I was talking to her about doing that, which I thought, great, yay, I started telling her about some things I did with 
therapy. Mm-hmm. And she said, hey, do you do EMDR too? And I said, yeah. And so she said, would you like to be an adjunct? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, sure. And, and I had been doing a lot of work Previously, I was in private practice. I had worked with a a prison program for 15 Mm. years. That was experiential and and some other things. And so I was really excited. So I've been there since we opened. And that's my first residential. And it's amazing. I mean, I really like it compared to private practice. Very different things. Yeah. And what is that? What feels different about it that you like? A lot. A lot. Like <laughs> everything. A lot. Almost everything. Yeah. Except the working with people. But I get to mm-hmm. actually see people progress. Mm-hmm. I get to see them in real time. I get to learn about our people and be part of their process, I think, mm-hmm. in a deeper way. Yeah. And I believe the work we get to do can be deeper because then they have time to they can walk out crying and they're not getting in a car driving home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going back to life. Yeah. They have yeah. a community. Yeah, I feel like that's been the theme because mm-hmm. we've been talking about this a lot. Yeah. Just this this ability to have for people to kind of create space in their life where they don't have to worry about the kids or groceries or mm-hmm. the bills. They can truly just be in the work, and it kind of speeds things up in a healthy way. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, and it's just it can be powerful. I like what you're saying. It speeds it up because I really believe it does because yeah. it gives them the safety to let go and dive into the work where in regular life they have to get it together to Mm -hmm. function. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Oh my gosh. Yes. How about for you, Bobby? Like what, what draws you to residential? I know you've had a long career in residential. Like what is it for you that keeps you in this clinical space? Uh, You know, residential truly is like my totem treatment venue. Uh, it's my home base and always has been. I've done some outpatient mm-hmm. and I've done some private practice and I've done some other, but I just kind of sprinklings though. 42 years I've been. You've been in residential. Yeah, yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. And uh, I'm an old guy. And, and uh, um, I just, I don't want to leave it and I'm still passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a, it's a, milieu where creativity abounds or, or it can, you mm-hmm. know, if you want to bring that, it, um, the whole concept of the diverse offerings that get mm-hmm. to happen that mm-hmm. you don't get in private practice or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's really where people wake up. Mm. Um, there's this phenom in, in, in rehab and it's like people wake up and they look around and somebody tells them they're in Cumberland Furnace, Tennessee. What the, right. how did I get to this tiny little, who are you? What, what is happening? And being a witness to that mm-hmm. kind of process in people is, yeah. is such a gift. It's like, I get to watch that yeah. process, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, um, having people wake up. You know, Buddha says that's why we're on the planet is to is to wake, and 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 it really happens for so many people in in, mm-hmm. in a rehab setting. Anyway. Bobby, if I, if I can, like what you're talking about, really resonates with me because a lot of the clients that come to Milestones, they've had 
maybe a lifetime of treatment, maybe on an outpatient basis, and they've gained some self-awareness. But it's, it's amazing the clarity and the waking up that mm-hmm. comes from their time here. And mm-hmm. uh, again, it's the same theme. It's like they just have less distractions. Mm-hmm. They're more in their body. They're more... The, the therapy and, and the work is 24-7, and it just... Mm-hmm. It's just really powerful. Absolutely. Another aspect um, of residential that is extremely unique uh, is that in reality, people, us, we get in these ruts, mm-hmm. these ruts of addiction, these ruts of depression and isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we may spend decades trying to pull ourselves out of that yeah and and so often nothing we do makes a difference and to come to rehab i mean me and marie were Mm -hmm. talking on the way up it should be required by law that everybody goes to rehab (laughs) you know at least once or twice in their life it creates that kind of shift Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. that and then and then the kind of magic that happens that i hope we talk about later yeah you know um then create it can it can serve as that shift out of those mm-hmm. pathological ruts we mm-hmm. get in, you know. Well, I feel like it's mm-hmm. such an opportunity to integrate what you're learning and discovering and rediscovering about yourself in that context because you've got the space to practice it. I think mm-hmm. about outpatient and even just in my own experience from an outpatient experience, I maybe uncover something, but then you do, you go back to life and I don't practice what I'm and like integrate what I've discovered. And so then I come back a week later and I'm like, oh, that's right. We, we touched on that. That was so good. And so monumental. And I think even decreasing the time between those discoveries and rediscoveries really is an incredible experience. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. That's a big part of it is getting to practice what they're learning, whatever it is within themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It's good. Um, I think I just really want to glean as much as I possibly can from the two of you about the different modalities that you specialize in and that you bring to the experience here at Milestones from a residential perspective. I think Mm. it's really important that we talk about adventure. Yeah. Mm. Because it's such a big part of Milestones. Mm -hmm. And you can take that conversation in a couple different directions, but knowing that I was sitting down with the two of you, that was one that I certainly hope we could touch yeah. on because mm. you two are the ninjas of adventure. <laughs> <laughs> but that was just my suggestion. Yeah. So what I... Adventure seems a, like... I think someone who may be listening to this may say, adventure therapy, what are you talking about? We've talked about some of these different modalities. We've talked about brain spotting and EMDR Mm, and IFS and things that might be a little bit... um, Psychodrama. Psychodrama, things that maybe feel like in our heads. And I love the like getting into our bodies of adventure and how that can unlock things in us that we maybe wouldn't expect from that type of work. And, And the thing about adventure is it gives people the opportunity to work within themselves and within community because mm. they're doing different activities. And we tend to do activities the way we do life. Mm. So in adventure, we get a chance to see how we're doing things and how we show up in groups and how that impacts us and all those interactions and also work with each other. I, I know a lot of our clients have done adventure and come back feeling much more like a group in a community feels like there's more depth, even if things were really tough 
during mm-hmm. that time. What do you think, Bobby? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's very interesting because uh, I'm I'm very aware of the power of all the little intricate. Uh, therapeutic formats that are presented and I hope I get this quote right what I hear I forget what I see I remember what I do I understand Mm, so we can that's the classic Mm -hmm. principles of experiential learning exactly Um, um, yeah yeah. and and it applies to to what adventure is about because I, mean, I like to lecture. I do, I, you know, and uh, I, I enjoy doing that. But I know that that only goes so far. And you can talk about your family roles, shall I say, the fact that you're a scapegoat or you're or you're angry or defiant or you're lost or whatever. But then we put them in a situation where they're doing team building, problem solving, trust based exercises, and those tendencies mm-hmm. emerge into yeah. the process. So we're not just talking about we're witnessing it occur and they're trying on a new pair of glasses right. to try to maybe do it differently and mm. um and the the bonding that happens amongst clients and adventure there mm-hmm. is absolutely no way to to uh replicate you know um um and um also to the the, the ability to put into practice if we, we want our clients to learn how to how to regulate and how mm-hmm. to breathe and to calm. It's one. It's hard enough just in the everyday for them to practice that. Right. But then they get to climb a pole and be 30 mm-hmm. feet up and practice that regulating standing on the top of a 30-foot pole, <laughs> you know, or on a cable right. leaning yeah. into a pier, you know, or or it's, it's, it's just a dynamic way. Um, and it's so interesting because – you know, I certainly bring therapeutic stuff to it, but mostly with adventure, adventure just does it for yeah, you. Yeah. All you, if you know how to set it up and and breathe some mm-hmm. reverence into it and some life into it, then the exercises, the initiatives, do it for you. Mm-hmm. When yeah. you agree, Marie, it's happening in real time. Yeah, it's real. It's not made up. They, yeah. I've seen leaders emerge. Oh yeah, people who've uh-huh. never been a leader in their life. Yeah, show up in a different way. And so, yeah. 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 I wow. love that principle of both like recognizing roles or ways that you maybe show up and then also trying on new ones. New yes. Ones. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting and in how that type of environment could invite you into both those. And spaces. I will right. invite clients yeah. to mm. purposefully at the beginning of mm. an exercise yeah. go at this <clears throat> with a different mm. uh a frame of reference, you know, mm-hmm. as you, as you participate in the initiative. It's yeah. When I, I think about, you know, clients who life has taught them that you shouldn't trust others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do through their experiences, maybe mm-hmm. the family well, trauma has taught well, them. Tra- yeah. That, that was yeah. yeah. That's pretty much what I was saying too. And then here they are in this experience where they're learning the opposite. It's like mm-hmm. a corrective experience. It's right. reparative. It, mm, and yeah. you know people you know people make fun of trust falls and stuff uh, you know and, you know but in all honesty you are cellularly <laughs> doing with your body what your heart mind and spirit needs to do when you fall back and let someone catch you mm-hmm. just think about that mm-hmm. metaphor you know mm-hmm. um so it's it's a powerful experience it's a way to to 
crystallize the the therapeutic principles we're trying to teach with your body, yep. you know, and you're in your body doing it, yep. you know, oh. <laughs> unless you're not. Hey there. If you're enjoying the Treating Trauma podcast, I want to invite you to keep up on all things on-site and milestones by following us on social media at Onsite Workshops. Every day we post inspiring content, practical exercises and tools, and updates on offerings and resources. We're passionate about using our platforms to equip and connect with you on your emotional health journey. So don't forget to follow us at Onsite Workshops. Say more about <laughs> if you're in your body but not in your body. Oh, well, I mean, come like? on. We got to get real that mm-hmm. um, it in the midst of the the fear that mm-hmm. does come with very safe exercises. There's so much safety connected, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, you know, up on a cable, leaning in on top of a pole, you know, obviously there is some fear. And so people dissociate. Mm-hmm. And they dissociate there like they dissociate in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, um um, so obviously we're going to observe that if we know that someone's not there, we're going to help them to do the, the classic kind of breathing and grounding and coming back into and inviting them back home into mm-hmm. their body mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. trauma, br- trauma brings that great split, you know, yeah. where you're not in your body. So, uh, to set up situations uh, uh, where you can practice those principles of coming home, you know, back to yourself mm-hmm. and your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you got some thoughts on that. I just right? had, well, it was, mm-hmm. it's like a tangential thought of empowerment, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking of some people recently doing the poll who had that split, but it kind of came together because of, of the empowerment of doing something that seemed really impossible. Right. And the perception was danger, mm-hmm. but the actual experience was safety mm-hmm. and overcoming. Can the two, so I'm, I'm just thinking about all mm-hmm. the value in adventure. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about reconnecting with others. We're talking about just doing things physically and being in your mm-hmm. body. But I would have to guess that, you know, just reconnecting self and gaining like people probably do things they didn't think they were capable of mm-hmm, doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining that that's huge for them. Mm-hmm. Anything to say about that? Cause it just, that's gotta be part of it. I'm picturing again, the pole and someone mm-hmm. even getting close to the top might be, wow. I'm, they're challenging themselves in ways they never oh, thought very much. So. And so just mm-hmm. to pull that back a little bit, um, the pole is how, what is that exercise and can we share about that or do we oh, want sure. to keep it sure there's, oh, no, that's fine. okay yeah. there's a pole it's about 35 feet high and people get in a full body harness and are on, on a belay system mm-hmm. and i usually have somebody do backup belay that's from the group yeah because they can they know their group and there's safety in that so um and then they the group has to spot people going up the pole to a certain level, and then they keep climbing, and they have options. They can they can stop at any point. Mm-hmm. They can just put a harness on and stand at the pole, even. right? 
and we don't we don't try to push anybody. It's challenged by choice. It's challenged by choice, and sometimes for someone to go up just about ten feet is a huge yes. accomplishment. Yeah. And so anyway, the most they could do, and I'm doing air quotes, on <laughs> the most they could do on the pole is to go up to the very top and stand, and then jump off mm-hmm. our pole, the one we have here. And, and the challenge, there's several challenges along the way, and there are different ways people can do it. One of the ways I do it sometimes is have them think of negative thoughts that they're always telling themselves mm. and noticing their body as they're holding onto that pole and then telling themselves alter, alternate statements and noticing the difference with that, um, just noticing the power of the community and the support. Mm-hmm. And then getting to the top, they can hold onto their harness or they can We've talked about this before. Put their arms way out and then just jump Angel off. Wings out, Angel wings, which is a hundred percent surrender. <clears throat> you always want to grab something and be in control. Uh huh. You know, right? Yeah. yeah, and letting go and and surrendering. Yeah, you can theorize and talk uh-huh. about and lecture about those principles of surrender and right. letting go, and then you go do adventure and your body's doing it. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, just just so you know, um, there really are three kinds of experiences in the adventure program yeah. at Milestones. Mm-hmm. And the, the classic one that we... <coughs> sorry. <clears throat> the classic one that we spend most of our time with is team building, problem solving, trust based right. exercises, mm-hmm. and they're usually low to the ground. Um, they they they're about coming together and problem solving mm-hmm. as a group, and then all the roles mm-hmm. emerge and this that and the other. Um, and then there are trust exercises too that include the pole as kind of the granddaddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the the second type is what I call spiritual connecting adventures. And that's what I've come mm. to really mm. love de- dearly. And I always have, but, uh, and they're, they are experiential opportunities to connect with whatever spirituality means to you. Mm-hmm. And they're very neutral, but yet they do bring you back to that basic principle of connectedness and that might be a labyrinth walk that might mm. be the medicine wheel that might be what i call vision walking at montgomery bell state park that might be the 12-step walk mm-hmm. um that might be affirmation circle which is and i kind of got my own version of of the affirmation circle and uh um um so that's that can be that connecting experiences Mm -hmm. and those are also things where Mm -hmm. you know i can't make quote miracles happen i'm Mm -hmm. not capable of that but i can put people in environments where really amazing healing things can happen yeah and uh, that Mm -hmm. tends to happen a lot with with spirit what i call spiritual connecting adventures and then we also have interior adventures which are a little bit more clinical um and you're and you're doing a lot uh, with your with your body in the midst of all that, and uh, um, so those are the three primary. Yeah, yeah, that's a helpful distinction. That's great. Mm-hmm. And it it sounds to me, and I think this is kind of the work in general when we're we're leaning into this is that y'all are just guiding. You're showing people right. up, and they have what's inside of them, and and it puts them in an environment for it to come out. Yes, right. and I think even with each yes. other, I love. We've talked so much about the community on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I love how 
all of these, a lot of these activities are creating a space for them to show up mm-hmm. for each other and show up for themselves and watch someone else find healing and breakthrough, but also to find that restoration and like get a redo in a lot of cases, you know, like we're in a stressful situation and I would imagine that there are then connections about yeah. how someone didn't show up for us in a stressful situation and there's healing and redemption and, mm-hmm. and even finding healing that you don't know that that's what they need. Like I just, I just love right almost the magicalness of it, the miracle of uh, we can't, we can't facilitate this or make yeah. it happen or manipulate mm-hmm. it. It just does happen. And yeah. maybe that's part of why it's happening. It's yeah. real. It's authentic. It's not manufactured at that's all. That's a good word. I've got a great yeah. story. Yeah. So we're doing this vision walkout at Montgomery Bell State Park, and we got this guy that's just like defiant, doesn't want to be here, don't like it. This is all baloney. And and I set them up for a walk, you know, um, and they walk by themselves. And this this guy was actually from Bermuda. And so he doesn't, you got to think about Bermuda, Bermuda wildlife as you hear this story, <laughs> you know, birds and fish and stuff, you know. And uh, so, you know, I set up the walk and he's just rolling his eyes and stuff like that. But I think he thought, well, I can go for a walk. And so, yeah. <clears throat> and so he comes back and we're going to process and he starts it off and I go, oh no, this is not going to go, <laughs> you know, and, and he goes, he said, well, so I'm paraphrasing, yeah. you know, his words were like, I just thought this was more Bobby BS, you know, but I, yeah. can, I told myself I can go walk. And he says he was walking and he turned a corner in a trail and all of a sudden in front of him were three deer. Mm. And one was, you know, what, 10, 15 feet away. Wow. And he said, I'm making eye contact with the deer in the front. And I t- just told myself, look at what all I've been missing, mm. you know? Um, wow. And from that day forward, he really was a different person. And at the end of his share, all I could do is say, we'll go to any length for a clinical experience here. <laughs> those deer contract employees. Yeah, they're staying. Right? Yeah, right. you know, uh, and the reality of it is I can't make those deer show up for that guy. Yeah. But right. I can put them in a situation where that can happen. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that, that adventure does offer, I have to admit, on a, on a multidimensional level in different places, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of an on-site thing. Things like that happen. We, I was yeah. in, doing a session with an individual session the other day, and right at the exact moment, there was this light boom, this thunder boom, and yes, we looked at each other. Exactly. It was just amazing. Yeah. Or birds will start singing, butterflies will float around. See, that yeah. kind of stuff happens all the time. It does. You know. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Because I feel like awesome. you can be so distracted, and that's another magical thing about milestones. Yeah. There's just less distractions, so you mm-hmm. kind of see what's actually happening. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll also say about adventure, like I'm – I'm a very active person and I just, I learn by moving my body. Yeah. Mm. And I don't know. I just think we, it also pays attention to those people that learn through moving their body, which I just think is great because not everyone's going to be able to sit through lectures and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, do some more of that kind of stuff, writing in journals, Mm -hmm. but some people, you know, have to move. Yeah, and, and I think adventure pays attention to that, which is great. I, yeah, makes me want to just throw in the idea of that's the beauty of milestones is that mm-hmm. there's so many opportunities. Well, yeah, because yeah. equine, mm-hmm. and, you know, just 
so much of what we do is experiential and I wish we could take a bunch of time to, you know, and I know you already have covered a lot of the trauma no, stuff, yeah. the more trauma specific yeah. stuff that, that I'm, I'm so happy that my career has led to milestones mm. yeah. um, because I was weaned in basic what's called Minnesota model treatment, which I love. I love that model uh, of basic alcohol and drug kind of, you know, okay. uh, address. And, you know, milestones diagnostically accept. So, Beck, what do you think? Maybe 40, 30 <clears> percent? <throat> I don't know. Uh, That's a question. Um, hmm. So we're kind of a little bit more what's called Arizona model, which I've done, but I think we're our own model of treatment. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, um, yeah, before, before you came here, you were at mostly like addictions, drug and alcohol. Well, right before coming here, I was at a treatment center. It was kind of 50, 50. Okay. Yeah. But then prior to that, it was it's not mostly here. just mm-hmm. alcohol and drugs. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've done a lot of work with sex addiction and mm-hmm. eating disorders and, and yeah. all of those. And I do bring, that's one of the things that I do bring is a little specialty mm-hmm. uh, with addictions. And uh, mm-hmm. um, um, because we do believe that if you do your trauma work, yeah. that you're going to heal in a way that you won't find with anything else. But if you, you also need to own your adult issues and get light mm-hmm. to that so we do that here in addition to mm-hmm. the good progressive uh state-of-the-art trauma work that i know happens mm-hmm. here yeah i'd mm-hmm. love to hear you speak a little bit to like how we maybe the model is different if it was in a, a different residential program you might address the addiction first and the trauma like secondary where we are like trauma first and addiction secondary can you speak to that a little bit like i said i i believe that if you have a an addiction, you know, going to a treatment center that yeah. just specifically looks at that is going to be useful, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, however, one of the theoretical models that we use is that you don't look at the trauma stuff, you know, till you get a year sober. Okay. And, uh, and the problem is, is that so many people, even re- per research, don't make it to a year. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's because they haven't done their trauma work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and the reality of it is, where is a better environment to do trauma work than in a residential setting mm-hmm. where you have constant 24-7 practice uh, on grounding and, and uh, breathing and coming back mm-hmm. into your body and stabilizing and resourcing? Yeah. You know, um, it becomes just part of the what happens all the time. So it's, it's, it's the perfect venue for mm-hmm. for looking at trauma issues residential care is um, um and it's also the principle of why we do seven day workshops here because yeah. to go away you know mm-hmm. is is to create the kind of healing environment where magic and healing can happen Any thoughts on that? well part of my thought is the connection that mm-hmm. as part of the healing because that you know doing things in isolation will stay in addiction but with that community and, and the vulnerability that people are able to show and experience and safety with that generally, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it helps connection, which helps healing. That is healing. That's yeah. connection. Um, I've always said I, I'm a big fan of what I term the hot sink moments. 
uh, or the aha moments. And there are more of those milliseconds and milestones in any place I've ever worked. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's what I'm talking about is those moments where you go, Oh, this is why I do this. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was just a worthless, low down, no good, whatever. (laughs) And what I begin, and I could go on and on with those adjectives, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, but now I get it. This happened. And, Mm. and, I love that work of yeah. of helping people make sense of of their of their and it's a shame reducing process. Yeah. Because yes. you, as I once again you feel like what I've been doing my whole life is just about me being no good. Well now, of course I do that. Look at what happened when I was five, look at what happened at twenty one, mm-hmm. you know, and then this led to this uh, residual effect that, you know, and, and it makes sense. And, um, helping people put those pieces together to me is a sacred process. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things that EMDR individual psychodrama and group, uh, all and adventure all can, can lead one to, to understanding and seeing. Yeah. And, and another thing I believe means I can't prove it is that the safety and the openness and all the all the opportunities here enable people to remember things or to process things mm. they really haven't had on their radar yeah. they might have known they were there but they don't really have it on the radar and yeah. it shows up here yeah. I think and and mm. makes a profound difference too and I like the sacredness of the process that's mm. pretty much what I feel I feel honored yeah. to work with the people that come here. Yeah. And I just have to say, I really want to put this out there, that I see the people who come here as um, just brave, yeah. brave yes. people. And I just feel so honored, blessed, and privileged to actually do the work with them. So mm-hmm. just want you to know, if you have been here, my friends, <laughs> I love you, and I'm proud of you, <laughs> and true. I'm grateful for you. Yeah. It's huge. That's so good. I mean, I love what you were saying and even what you were saying, Maria, like things make sense in context. And so it's, Mm. I once heard someone say that. And so creating a space for you to get the context. And I wonder if you guys would speak to some of the work and maybe even how adventure does this, but where you can have one foot in the past and one foot in the present to, to reflect back on those things that maybe you haven't made sense of so that they can make sense in the present. So I think foundationally with EMDR and brain spotting and a lot of the work we do, the, mm-hmm. there's a the belief of they, what they call dual attunement, which means there's a foot in the present with with support, with yeah. a, literally a capable witness. Mm. We're not there to judge or, or do anything like that. We're there as a witness. We're just there with people holding space. And so that helps them be in the present while they're addressing the past and not really we don't want them to re-experience it yeah but and i think that having that other person going through it with them or just being there present helps them not go right into flashback even though that does happen too yeah yeah okay bobby wow i want to pick your brain that's a great description of this yes it was um um what I know is that as human beings, we become masters at forgetting. Mm-hmm. And what we forget is, it's, it's pretty simple, it's not rocket science, aspects of our history 
that hurt. Mm-hmm. And and we just get really good at stuffing and shoving those things into deep dark crevices. Mm-hmm. And this work is about my favorite metaphor. Mm-hmm. And clients know how much I love metaphors, you know. <laughs> you know? But my favorite yeah, is the basic getting what was in the darkness to the light. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, really one that long ago that I realized really what my job is <laughs> after doing it 42 mm-hmm. so however many years. And one is to help you remember. Mm-hmm. If, if forgetting is the problem, then the solution is to help you remember. And this amazing thing started happening with my history in Minnesota model treatment because mm-hmm. they're very good at helping you own your addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what I started noticing is that as people own their addiction, they're reminded of what they most need to remember. And I'll get to that in a second. But then as they do their trauma work and they're remind, mm. they're, they start to mm. say, none of this is me. Mm. None of this is me. And, and then that beautiful process of realizing that I'm not what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And so it's this trip back mm. to your true self because what trauma does is it leads us slowly and sometimes fast away from our true self. Mm-hmm. And so that trip back to your true self is what heals. That's so good. it's re- you what well, I, I was surprised because as people remembered their stuff, mm-hmm. their dark stuff, yeah. then they started remembering who they really really are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is getting love to where love was absent. Mm-hmm. And with resource installation is what they call it in academia, yeah. right? Resource. <laughs> you know, yes. uh, uh, clinical academia. It, it, but what all that is is getting love to where love yeah. was not present. Yeah. Um, and those are kind of the two primary. Well, it's what I do for a living, but it's what I have to do as a human being, too, yeah. mm-hmm. is, is, is to practice those things. Mm. I think you just named really what the magic is, too, with milestones is love. Boom. <laughs> it's love. I mean, I and I think it's love. I think people feel that with the staff too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just a bunch of people coming to work. We we actually love what we do. What a team. And we care and love each other and respect each other. And, yeah. and it's a team and we love all of the people who come in wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Just as they are, because we are we're showing up, we're human. That's my number one qualification, I think, for the job. That's I'm right. human. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And I love. Yeah. I also think when clients are struggling in treatment, mm-hmm. whether it's the relationship they have with themselves or just, you know, depression, anxiety, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they're met with care and compassion mm-hmm. versus maybe what they get in their family system. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. that's healing in itself. Yeah. I think so. And I, to back that one up, I believe that it's in a in an environment that is about vulnerability mm-hmm. and intimacy and safety and holding space, which is all elements of love. Mm-hmm. You know, um, true self emerges, and yeah. and that's what people realize when they leave milestones. Is a I've come home. I've, I've, you know, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. Mm-hmm. And, and they <laughs> click your heels together. Yeah. And that's yeah. what they do, yeah. and, you know. <laughs> and and they come home, and it's because, honestly, 
I've always wanted to work in a place where it was obvious. That's why I'm so yeah. glad you brought that up, Marie, <laughs> that love is what heals. From what you said too, Bobby. Yeah. And, and that is that is what heals, yeah. period. But that is yeah. what that's the primary element of healing and milestones is mm-hmm. I mean, just listen to what they say about leaving and you oh, know, and the commencements yeah. that we have yeah. when someone leaves and everybody's bawling and crying and there's such a connectedness at milestones. Like I have never seen and I've worked at some really good places, good, yeah. good, good places. But the way that love heals uh, mm-hmm. at milestones is is uh, is beautiful to be a part of and i i just want to throw in just address the people that come here that are not into oh my gosh a community people the introverts of the world of which i'm one too but um just that that there might be a little it's kind of scary to think of coming to a place hearing oh there's a community and i think the way things play out here it's so gentle and there's nothing that's not forced I think, and the community tends, people, individuals tend mm-hmm. to just embrace each other yeah. and welcome people who come here. So it's not like, you, oh, you're jumping into a big, deep pool of community. It's really a gradual, connected experience. And I think it's how you guys described adventure earlier. It's an invitation. Right. Yes. The community right. is an invitation. Adventure therapy is an invitation. Everything you're doing. Everything. You get to decide how far is too much for you. That's you right. Get, you get to decide this is my enough. That's right. Absolutely. And I think even within the community, I've seen that um, the way that people are invited into that. Mm-hmm. You have to do it slowly, especially yeah. if you have experiences, you have trauma, you have relationship right. trauma that tells you that it's not safe. And mm-hmm. so it's just an invitation to test it out and go a little farther yeah. and a little farther and a little more trust and a little more risk. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's so beautiful. If you or someone you love is struggling with the negative effects of unaddressed trauma, the safety, community, and expert care of the residential experience at Milestones may offer the individualized help and healing you need. Milestones is a -a one-of-a-kind, holistic, and specialized residential trauma treatment experience, serving individuals adversely affected by symptoms of unaddressed trauma, including anxiety, depression, codependency, and PTSD. This innovative and integrative program offers a variable length of stay from 30 to 90 days, specific to individual needs. When life feels like too much, Milestones offers a refuge and a place of healing. Learn more at milestonesatonsite.com. Also, we'd love to help you explore the right option for you. You can connect with our admissions team for a confidential call at 1-800-341-7432 or Email them at admissions at onsiteworkshops.com. You deserve this.